0: Welcome to today's podcast on transplant, the third kidney. My name is Yen Singh and this is brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation. In this episode, we will address on common concerns of kidney transplant for end-stage renal disease patients. End-stage renal disease patients are those where kidney function has declined to the point where kidneys can no longer function on their own and must receive dialysis or kidney transplantation. This podcast is intended for information only. It should not be viewed as specific medical advice for any individual. We advise you to consult your doctor or other healthcare professionals before taking any action. Today, we have Dr. Rachel with us. She is a consultant nephrologist at NKF. Hi, Dr. Rachel.
1: Hi, Yanxin. Thank you for the opportunity for me to share some information on kidney transplantation.
0: Could you share with us what is kidney transplant? Sure. Well, kidney
1: transplantation, essentially, it's placing a kidney that's donated by another person into a patient with kidney failure via an operation. Uh, The kidney donor can be a living person or someone who has passed away and is an organ donor under the Human Organ Transplant Act in Singapore. Now, once the transplanted kidney is functioning well, patients will not require dialysis anymore. And They are free from the diet and the fluid restrictions while on dialysis, as well as work and lifestyle constraints. Kidney transplantation is a life-changing experience, hence every donated kidney is a precious
0: gift for the recipient. So, with a transplanted kidney, recipient can pretty much live the normal life just as before. Who is suitable to be a kidney donor and recipient?
1: So kidney donation can be from a living donor or someone who has passed away and is an organ donor. Uh, we'll term such a donor as a deceased donor. Now, A living kidney donor is someone who steps forward voluntarily to help a loved one. There cannot be any coercion or monetary or material returns in exchange. It must be emphasised that buying or selling organs is unethical and illegal. A deceased donor is an organ donor under the HOTA in Singapore. In order to be a kidney donor, the individual will need to be properly evaluated by the transplant team at the hospital and deemed to be suitable medically. Specifically for the living donor, he or she will undergo thorough medical assessment to ensure suitability. There are some conditions that will prevent living kidney donation, for example, if the potential donor has diabetes or significant impairment of kidney function. One should note that age alone is never a reason against living donation. Uh, I should mention here that the oldest living donor in Singapore was 79 years old at the time of donation to his son. Now, some individuals have raised concerns of suffering kidney failure themselves post-donation. However, if a kidney donor keeps an active and healthy lifestyle post-donation, the risk of kidney failure in the long term is only 0.1%. For females, kidney donation does not impact on the ability to conceive. Another frequently asked question is whether one would need to take medications after kidney donation, and that is not the case usually. Kidney donors are asked to follow up for health checks with the kidney doctor at least once a year to monitor their health. At this visit, the blood pressure will be checked as well as the kidney function, and they will be screened for high cholesterol and diabetes. Unless they develop new health problems, they will not need to be on medications just because of kidney donation. For kidney transplant recipients, the criteria to be able to go on the wait list is rather stringent, and that's due to the shortage of deceased donor kidneys. Patients will be assessed by the transplant team at the hospital for suitability. In order to receive a living donor kidney, patients are also assessed thoroughly, for example, to check for active infections, cancer, and also to screen for significant heart disease that is yet to be treated, among a few other things. Sometimes, a patient with kidney failure needing to start dialysis may undergo kidney transplantation before they require dialysis. This is usually termed preemptive kidney transplant. This enables them to avoid the long-term and unwanted effects of being on dialysis. Now, whether a potential donor's kidney is suitable for the intended recipient will require matching. This is for both blood group and tissue matching. Blood group incompatible living donor transplant can take place, if it's advised to be feasible by the transplant team. It does require more preparation and is more costly. Alternatively, a process called pad exchange can take place allowing a potential donor-recipient pair with incompatible blood group to be matched to another suitable donor-recipient pair to enable the transplant to proceed. Tissue matching is more complex and this will be guided by the transplant team who will advise on suitability to proceed accordingly.
0: It is interesting to know that a donated kidney can come from a living person or someone who has passed on. Buying or selling of organs is unethical and illegal in Singapore. Kidney donor and recipient has to go through medical assessment to be deemed medically suitable by transplant team at the hospital. And in the event of incompatible blood group between a donor and recipient, pet exchange kidney transplant can be explored. So, What is the waiting period for deceased donor versus living donor kidney transplant? The waiting time to receive a deceased
1: donor kidney transplant in Singapore is long, unfortunately. The average waiting time was 8.1 years in 2021. Historically, it has been 8 to 9 years. And this is due to the lack of organ donation in Singapore. For living donor kidney transplant, if the medical evaluation for the potential donor and recipient progresses well, meaning there are no abnormal findings during assessment, and they are deemed to be suitable, the transplant can happen within 6 to 12 months.
0: What are the side effects
1: after transplant surgery? Immediately after surgery, there will be pain around the site of operation, but this will be controlled with painkillers after the surgery. Bowel motions will be slowed down after surgery, but this will improve as the patient starts to get up and move around more. Sometimes medications may be needed. Prolonged bed rest increases the risk of deep vein thrombosis, that means a blood clot in the deep veins in the calves, as well as chest infection. As such, patients will be encouraged to sit up, then get up and move around by day two or three after surgery. How long does the donor and recipient take to recuperate after surgery? Donor surgery is done via keyhole surgery. As such, the wounds are smaller and recovery time is shorter. Usually, patients are discharged home after three to four days to recuperate at home. Patients are advised to avoid heavy lifting, straining, and doing sports for up to four weeks. For the recipient, recovery will take longer, usually about one to two weeks, before they're discharged home from hospital, if there are no complications. Similarly, they're advised against heavy lifting, straining, or doing sports four to six weeks after surgery. Can you list out the things to take note of after transplant surgery? No heavy lifting, straining, or strenuous activity is advised for the first four to six weeks after surgery. This is to avoid bleeding from wounds both superficially and internally. Patients are advised to stay away from crowds and take precautions to avoid contact with anyone who is sick and also to avoid dusty areas, for example, areas under renovation. Contact with pets, unclean water and gardening activities are not advised. Patients are usually given hospital leave from work for three months. Special diets that reduce risk of acquiring foodborne gastroenteritis are also advised. That means no raw foods in general, no undercooked food or leftovers. Travelling overseas is not advised until after the first year of transplantation. All these precautions are necessary as patients are immunosuppressed, that is, the immune system is weakened post-transplant, and the risk of infections are highest in the first three to six months post-transplant. Traditional Chinese medications cannot be taken post-transplant due to multiple interactions with the immunosuppression medications, and this can affect the effect of the medications and the kidney function. Patients are followed up closely by the transplant teams at the clinic where they undergo regular blood and urine tests to monitor the condition after
0: surgery. For people who are considering kidney transplant and is worried about the cost of transplant surgery, kidney transplant recipients and donors can generally draw on MediShield Life and MediSafe for hospital bills and selected outpatient treatments at public health institutions. Singaporeans can seek further assistance from Medifund. In addition, The NKF Kidney Life Donor Support Fund provides financial assistance to live kidney donors for kidney transplant-related medical welfare and insurance. Singapore citizens and permanent residents who are referred by public health institutions and meet NKF mean test criteria can apply for this fund. You may wish to contact the National Organ Transplant Unit in Singapore at 6321-4390 or email to organ.transplant at notu.com.sg. The unit may be able to assist you with any further information you may need on transplant in Singapore. For more information on organ transplant, please log on to www.moh.gov.sg. We hope you find today's sharing by Dr. Rachel useful. Thank you, Dr. Rachel. Thank you. Pleasure is all mine.